Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Quorum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. I'm back with another episode with Dr. Sachin Panda. This is the third episode in a four-part series on how to leverage the new science of circadian biology to improve your health and performance. Dr. Sachin Panda is a leading expert in circadian rhythm research and a professor at the Salk Institute for Biological Studies. His lab has done some of the most influential research on time-restricted feeding. His lab discovered that confining caloric consumption to 8 to 12-hour periods, as people did like a century ago, might stave off high cholesterol, diabetes, and obesity. This is the person that has discovered what has become an international movement. So if this topic is of interest to you, you're going to love this show. Now for my conversation with Dr. Panda. So let's lean in and learn from the best. Another big area of research for you is time-restricted feeding. Explain what it is. What's the difference between that and intermittent fasting? Where have people gone wrong a little bit that? And what are the benefits of time-restricted feeding? Or what are you finding in, in particular human studies? You know, as we, we start with rodent models and then we go, okay, there's something here. And then you get to start working with humans. What are you finding in the benefits? Yeah, so let's uh, uh, define some of the terms. Intermittent fasting is a very broad term, which essentially means once in a while you can fast. And that covers everything from fasting for four to five days every month or every three months, which is called periodic fasting, one form of periodic intermittent fasting, to fasting once or twice a week. There are many religions where people do fast once or twice a week. So those are also called some forms of intermittent fasting. Then every other day eating, there is a there's great scientific studies showing that if we fast every other day, that will also increase, improve our health. And then when we coined the term time-restricted eating or time-restricted feeding, we essentially said, based on animal experiments, if we restrict all calorie consumption from food and beverages, within a consistent window of somewhere between 8 to 10 hours every day, you can extend it to 12 hours occasionally, then that can give us a lot of benefits. And most of these benefits that we initially discovered were because just like light and darkness boosts our circadian rhythm in the brain, eating and fasting and maintaining that rhythm consistently boosts our circadian rhythm in the rest of our body. Mm -hmm. So that means the body can metabolize or break down nutrients, absorb it more efficiently when we eat. And then when you go through fasting time, it can our body can also detoxify, break down toxins that we might have eaten, break down fat from fat storage in liver and fat tissues, and increase the production of ketone bodies that many people know now that very beneficial for our immune system, for our brain, heart, and many other organs, and many other benefits happen. So, in for practical term these days, intermittent fasting typically, typically not always refers to what we call time-restricted eating or time-restricted feeding. But you're not... I think where a lot of people go wrong is is this doesn't necessarily mean that I'm eating in a hypocaloric state. I, I could be eating in a caloric balance, right? Yeah, so what happens is in animal studies, when we do these studies, we make sure that the 
time restricted fed mice eat the same number of calories as mice that have free access to food 24/7 and animals actually learn very quickly within 3 to 4 days they will learn that food will be here for 8 to 10 hours so they will gobble up that food within 8 to 10 hours and that prevents them from body weight gain and high cholesterol many benefits are in humans the story is slightly different most of us actually eat more food than we need and we did a very systematic study on 156 people we estimated calories from all of their meals because it's very difficult to um, measure calories from food unless you do bomb calorimetry yeah and what, <laughs> and what we found is for most people if they eat within 8 to 10 or maximum 12 hours they're typically eating the amount of calories their body needs and then beyond 8 to 10 or 12 hours all those calories are actually extra calories and that's something that there was kind of overlooked in the study that we published in 2015 but the bottom line is when people start to do time restricted eating or you can call intermittent fasting in popular term and they restrict all their food to 8 9 10 hours typically then they inadvertently without counting calories many not all will reduce some calories mm. but irrespective of calories reduced there's very nice controlled studies done by Courtney Peterson from University of Alabama at Birmingham she showed that even when people are eating a balanced diet and maintaining their body weight this time restricted eating pattern can improve beta cell function that means their insulin production and insulin function is much better and people who have pre diabetes they can better manage their blood sugar level and then those who had moderately high blood pressure they could also lower their blood pressure both systolic and diastolic blood pressure and many other benefits happen so mm. now we can say that for most adults 8 to 10 hours of time restricted eating may be doable of course everybody has to check with their physicians because some may be taking medications that can lower blood sugar during fasting period uh, this is not a medical advice but what we have seen so far is a lot of people can do it I want to push pause for a second and let you know that the AIM7 beta app is here and our early members are loving it. AIM7 turns your wearable data into actionable recommendations to enhance your mind, body and recovery so you can look, feel and perform better. Over 100 people have joined AIM7 so far and the stories coming in are amazing. People are reporting being more present with their families, being able to adapt to stress better and even breaking through weight loss plateaus. If you want to join the AIM7 beta, you can do this by signing up at aim7.com and there's a link for that in the show notes. All right, back to my conversation with Dr. Panda. So the the primary benefits I'm just trying to extract, I shouldn't say benefits, mechanisms here. Yeah. is we're taking the body offline from food. We're allowing it to engage in detoxification processes, giving the digestive system maybe a chance to just rest and handle other processes. And so Is that is that what we're seeing here is like we're giving the body a break from food and it's allowing it to do other things that it can't do while it's digesting? Yeah, so actually just recently in 2023 January we published a very comprehensive study of course in animal models so we 
took out 22 different organs and brain regions at different time oh, wow. of the day and asked what is actually changing at every gene level. And what we find is our body's ability to break down fat because we store fat in many places. We have fat under the skin, we have fat in the belly, we have fat around our heart, fat around kidney, fat everywhere. Yeah, it's everywhere. <laughs> so, the, so the fat breakdown increases during this fasting period, particularly the last three to four hours of fast. That's when we see significant increase in fat breakdown. Then another thing that we see is when fat breaks down, it produces ketone body, and those ketone body production also goes up slightly up towards the end of this fasting period. Then during when the animals were eating, what surprisingly what we found was somehow the genes that repair our DNA, that uh, quality control, because every cell has its own quality control <laughs> process, and they make sure that all the enzymes, all the hormones, all the immune mediators, cytokines, etc., almost every protein that we produce in the cell, correctly designed, manufactured, and uh, those quality control process also goes up during the feeding process. We also find inflammation. Um, you know, we need the right amount of immune function. We should be able to fight the infection enough and after the infection has been, has gone down we should also tune down our immune cells and that ability to mount the right amount of immune response it's almost like if a house is on fire the, of course the fire engine has to come and put out the fire but the water hose should not be on after the fire is put out because the, that will cause flooding for the neighbors there you go and that's exactly what happens in excessive inflammation. There's too much <laughs> inflammatory response. At the same time, you might think that, okay, so it, if inflammation is bad, then we should just have the fire hose uh, tuned down, it's, uh, <laughs> it's water, and that's not going to help to put down the fire. So time-restricted feeding in animals, what we see is this immune function is tuned to the right level. It's not too high and it's not too low. Mm. One more thing that we see is gut microbiome becomes more diverse and also we have more beneficial microbes and less detrimental microbes in the gut. Mm. One more thing that we see is there is sign that our gut lining is repaired pretty well and it kind of makes sense because just like you cannot repair a highway when the cars are moving, you cannot oh, you haven't been to Texas and Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you've ever driven I-10, it's a complete mess, and they're trying to fix it. It's a, it's a disaster. It's, it's a dangerous highway. Anyways, keep going. <laughs> so we think uh, that also happens. And in the brain, what we find is hypothalamus, which is the base of the brain that's involved in many hormone production. That's the master regulator of many hormone production throughout the body. Mm-hmm. And that hypothalamus function improves under time restricting. So these are the animal studies, and this gives us a blueprint to now think who can do time restricted eating and what kind of benefits they might see. So, for example, these studies showed us that time restricting might help reduce 
our atherogenic lipids or bad cholesterol, LDL cholesterol. And in fact, human studies have shown um, that those who can do 8 to 10 hours time-restricted eating, even if they did it for 3 months minimum, we did see reduction in LDL cholesterol and reduction in triglyceride. We did not see improvement in good cholesterol. That might take longer time to see. Mm. But at least the point is some of the animal studies that we have seen in the lab are actually translating nicely to humans. Even those who are taking cholesterol-lowering drugs, they could do time-restricted eating, of course, under uh, supervision of doctors. We collaborate with them. They are uh, constantly monitoring them, and they could still reduce their blood cholesterol. The same thing in mice, we do see time-restricted eating reduces and improves their blood pressure regulation. And in humans, almost, I would say most of the human time-restricted eating studies where the participants had moderately high to high level of blood pressure, mm -hmm. with or without medication, if they followed time-restricted eating, then their blood pressure also dropped, came to came down, and the magnitude of that reduction is equivalent to taking one more blood pressure medication. And that was kind of surprising for us because we never expected that the benefit would be so big. I must say that the weight loss from time-restricted eating is variable. And it makes sense because if someone is eating 150% of their <laughs> maintenance calories, yeah, if, if the caloric in, intake's too high, you're not going to lose weight. Actually, I was speaking to uh, Dr. Michelle Gum. She's at the University of Florida, and she studies clock genes in the kidney. Yeah, and they're and and it's just they're finding so many things around the circadian rhythm, how that all impacts renal function, cardiovascular function. It's just fascinating, you know. First of all, if you want to make an adjustment to your lifestyle, you should talk to your physician. Yeah. But if that's something that somebody's interested in, the parameters are eight to ten hours of feeding. So for you, I'm, I'm assuming you probably restrict your feeding. What does your day look like? Yeah, actually, uh, from most of our clinical studies, what we're finding is um, somewhere between eight to ten hours is ideal. Uh, if you can stick within that time. That's pretty good, but even if you are healthy and you are eating a balanced nutrition, then even 10 to 11 is okay. You can maintain your health, maintain performance. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you love this show, please do me a favor and leave us a comment and review on whichever listening platform you are joining us from, as this is one of the best ways that you can help support the show. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.